mask that I'd been wearing for my family's sake was close to being shattered. Just to escape, I turned on the television and surfed from channel to channel hoping to be distracted, and was startled to see a picture of myself on the local CBS affiliate. I turned the volume up in time to hear, CBS has learned that former Carter aide Hamilton Jordan is in an Atlanta hospital and has been diagnosed with inoperable lung cancer. Panic gripped my body as I looked at an old photo of myself on the television screen, and these strange words sunk in. My mother's face dropped, and my sister watched me closely for a reaction. Then logic returned. If my doctor, who had just left my room, didn't know what I had, how in the hell did CBS News know? Like so many other times, the media had only half the story right. The panic caused by the news report subsided as we continued to wait. Suddenly my room was flooded with doctors, the oncologists, my pulmonary specialist, the radiologist. I tried to read them like a jury. One was smiling slightly. The others were not. What did it all mean? The radiologist broke the ice. Hamilton, when more than one doctor comes into your room, it's usually pretty good news. All I ever wanted was a fighting chance. Well, Mr. Jordan, my lead doctor said, you certainly have that. He paused, glanced down at a written report, and looked up. You have diffuse histiocytic lymphoma. Ten years ago, this would have been a death sentence, but this is an area where we have made progress. There are a number of treatments that are reasonably effective in dealing with this disease. I stuck on one word. Reasonably, doctor, what does that mean? This is one of those good news, bad news situations. The bad news is that you have a very aggressive cancer. The good news is that aggressive cancers divide rapidly, which means that they are particularly vulnerable to chemotherapy and radiation at the time of cell division. We've got to find a treatment your cancer will respond to. He went on to tell me that I would need to undergo further tests but that the evidence at this point was that the cancer was confined to my chest area. We plan to radiate your chest. The bottom line is that we have a good shot at curing this. That was too vague, and I learned for the first of many times that cancer patients should only ask questions if they're prepared to hear the answer. What is a good shot, doctor? Well, every patient is different. Just quantify it for me, I interrupted. I don't like to use numbers, Mr. Jordan, but if you insist, I do, I said firmly. About half of the patients who have non-Hodgkin's lymphoma would achieve a remission with the therapy we will give you. Half of those will be free of disease five years out. I was doing the math in my head. So overall, I have about a 25% chance of being in the group that obtains a remission and is cancer-free five years later. That's about right, Mr. Jordan. I was devastated to hear my chances of being alive reduced to statistics, but I had asked for it. And from that point on, I insisted that doctors avoid vague terms and quantify my situation. When the stats were favorable, I believed them and clung to them. When they were discouraging, I either tossed them aside or made up my mind to be one of those who beat the odds. But when the doctors left my room that afternoon... I was faced with the cold, harsh fact that the odds greatly favored the cancer winning this battle, not me.
I didn't sleep much that night. The story had actually begun on August 24, 1985, a day frozen forever in my memory. I knew something was wrong when my family doctor sent me to the hospital for my annual chest X-ray, which he had routinely taken in his office for 15 years. A couple of hours later, as we sat in his office, he talked quietly on the phone to the radiologist. I strained to hear, but all I could make out was, I understand, yes. I understand. He hung up the phone, turned away as if to avoid contact, slid the x-rays out of the large brown envelope, turned them upright one by one, and lined them up on the illuminated viewer. What had taken him seconds seemed like hours. He took a deep breath, pointed with his finger to a smoky area on one film, and said slowly,